Good morning. morning. How's everybody doing? Nice. Excellent. I'm going to have three ladies stand up. Michelle Jividen, Elaine Hogan, and Courtney Wolf. There you go. Uh, These ladies are our newest. We have an all-ladies class of members that are joining at this time. So uh, you can give them a hand. We had our Connect class. Uh, you guys go ahead and be seated. Ladies, go ahead and be seated. Um, we had our Connect class last month, and uh, so we had several took the class, and then some, these three ladies said, hey, we'd like to be part of the team about what's going on, uh, be a part of what's going on at Grace Point Church, what God is doing in and through our church family. So excited about having them uh, be a part of that. And uh, so you guys excited? You ready for next week? <clears throat> what's next week? <laughs> Next week, it's, it's Commitment Sunday. You know, EO3, we've been talking about EO3, talking about what we believe God wants to do in and through our church for the next three years or so. And so next week, we're going to bring it all together. We're going to explain a little bit about that today. We're going to bring it all together. And next Sunday, we'll be asking people to give the commitment that they've uh, decided to give as they've spent time with, with the Lord. It's going to be a, a both giving and a serving situation, because it's both. It takes both. It takes everyone to be involved, both financially and in serving. Uh, but before we do that, I want to invite Diane Drown to come up, and Becky Graham to come up. And we've been asking people, hey, how has God used Grace Point Church to impact you spiritually? And so <clears throat> I asked them to come up. Diane showed me a, a, what she wrote yesterday, which half a page, and now she's got two pages. So be ready for this. You didn't tell me how, how much I was supposed to say. And I told him, I said, well then, you won't have to give a sermon if you want me to talk. <laughs> so, so, oh, you're too close. <laughs> well, there's more of you here than there was this morning, right, Becky? Becky did hers on her phone. You can tell how old I am. When Harold asked me to do this, um, I was in the car, and my husband was driving, and I said, oh, and I thought right away that there aren't enough words to say how much Grace Point has encouraged me in every way, spiritual, emotionally, mentally. I grew up going to church all my life. I was involved in youth groups, later in adult activities, I went to church camp where I accepted the Lord when I was 11 years old. I was involved in a women's ministry that I had a a position in that went on for 20-some years, and then we've closed since COVID. And reading the Bible was a part of all of that, but it was confusing at times. I really didn't understand a lot of what I was reading, and believe me, as you get older, that's harder. And... Even though I'm going to church, it just wasn't the same. And I wasn't spiritually fed. And I wasn't encouraged to grow the way I should have. We are originally from Fremont, the Fremont area, my husband and I. And we've lived, but we've lived in this area for 54 years. I was 10 when we moved up here. Um, no, I wasn't. <laughs> and we've attended many different churches. We visited Grace Community A lot of times, because we had family, we still do have family down there. And I often said, if we lived here, this is where I would be going. Well, after being in a church previous, the last one I was in previous to this one for nearly 20 years, I was frustrated and I was discouraged. I prayed that God would please lead me to a church where I could grow. Then, five years ago, I got a text informing me that Grace was opening a campus right here, four miles down the road from where we live. From that first day five years ago until now, I've grown so much in my spiritual life, and that discouragement has turned into my being encouraged. I look forward every week to Harold's messages. I really do. And, th- and, th- and, th- and through the week, 
the Bible studies, the classes, like he had yesterday. And you know, I didn't say this this morning, but it occurred to me. I've taken all of those, but just because you've taken them once, you can take them again, right? And you learn more about studying and understanding the Bible and living God's way. The church family here and the fellowship and love here are phenomenal. And for any of you that are here, you know that. I don't have to tell you that. It doesn't stop just on Sunday when you go home from church and wait till the next week. It goes on here all the time. And not only goes on here, I didn't mention this either, the prayer um, team that we have, the emails that go down, concerns for everybody in here, it doesn't stop. It's ongoing all the time. And I'm still learning. As I said, you're never too old. And we all have issues in our lives. Believe me, we all have issues. A friend of mine's mother who has passed away said, we all have a bucket of coals. Some have one. Some, theirs is half full, and some have many. But we all have them, no matter what they might be. But if we have the Lord in our lives, it makes the difference. And I thank God every day for answering that prayer and bringing me here. Hello, everybody. I'm Becky, Stan's wife, as most of you know me. Stan and I came to Grace Point about two and a half years ago, and what started out as a very temporary thing turned into Stan and I taking a step of faith, selling our home, and moving closer to Grace Point. We moved about a year ago in March. The home that we sold was one that we had purchased just two and a half years before that. The plan was that was probably where we we're going to be for the rest of our lives. But we were always reminded that our plans are to be held loosely. So why did we move closer to be to Grace Point? Um, we chose to move closer to Grace Point because we hear God's truth being taught here. Even if it hurts to hear it, and it's the opposite of what the world says. We see the people of Grace Point modeling God's grace and love to others, and we have met people who are not afraid to be vulnerable with us. We've begun to experience what it means to have church family at a time in our lives when, no one, no, when we no longer have family as we know it or knew it. For me personally, it has been such a blessing to be involved in a church where the men are not only encouraged and supported to be the leaders in their home, of their families, of our church, but it's expected. That's pretty, pretty important. Neither Stan nor myself saw godly examples of that growing up, and it filtered into our adult lives. And I grew up going to church. I didn't see it. My family went to church, and I didn't see those godly examples. You can come every Sunday, every Wednesday, every time the church doors are open, and if you're not truly living it, reading the Bible I'm ashamed to admit that when I was thinking about what I would say today, I was all over the place. I wrote down things that maybe didn't need to be said yet. They might have been too much information. I do live with Stan. Not everybody wants to know those things. Um, through it all, though, I kept coming back to three words. I'm not worthy. My spiritual life is not where I would like it to be for as long as I've been going to church. <laughs> but because of my, uh, the growth in my husband's spiritual life, I am forever grace grateful to Grace Point. My faith deepens every time that I struggle or life stuff happens, and I see the new and unexpected ways that my husband responds. That is God working. Watching Stan step up and choose to learn how to become the man 
he was created to be is amazing. That is God using the leadership and the teachings of truth at Grace Point to bless our marriage, to help us break cycles, and to allow us to, to bless others. God is using Grace Point to give me hope for our marriage and also to give me hope that family connections and bonds can be made here. God is using Grace Point to increase my faith and my gratitude. And God is also showing me ways that I can work on my role in our marriage, all the and relationships with Him, um, with God, and all the while using Grace Point to help guide me and reaching others for His purpose and glory. And I'm forever grateful. So when we, we talk about EO3, we talk, talk about these projects that we want to accomplish. Again, this is over and above our, our regular giving as a church. This is, this is what it's about. It's, it's not about having more stuff, but it's about having more tools for us as a church to be able to impact people's lives, to be able to come around people, share with them who Jesus Christ is, see them, put their faith in Christ, and to walk with them uh, as they grow and then as as we do that, that's when we grow. Those of us who have placed our faith in Christ, who have taken that step of faith, um, that's, what, that's what happens in our lives. We, we begin to grow. That, that takes the Christianity that you heard about here, and I had the same experience growing up, where I went to church, learned a lot about the Bible, learned a lot about God, but it wasn't put into like, so now what? I just know a lot. Um, and so faith became kind of like... Um, What's this worth? You know, how does this impact my life? Um, yeah, I know a lot, but there's stuff going on in my life that I don't know how to deal with. Um, but then when we start applying what God's Word gives us and we start serving people and we start walking with people, then we grow too and we see God at work. We see God doing stuff in people's lives that you would never expect. Um, you know, and... I could I could point fingers at people in our church and say like that person like that person like that person like that person. I didn't ask for permission, so I'm not going to. Um, <clears throat> but just look around the auditorium, and that's that's what you see at our church. So here's what I'd like to do today, because <clears throat> um, again we're kind of gearing up for next week, and um, I just want to uh, take the opportunity uh, to say okay one more time. Here's what we're gonna, we're going to do. Some of you guys may have missed. Um, if you did, you know, I'm sorry, because, man, you miss a Sunday, you miss a lot. So, um, But I want to recap what we're going to be doing. I want to explain the commitment cards for next week, and then I want to finish out uh, the gospel-motivated giving and, what, and what's that, that's all about. So, again, we're, I'm going to try to work through this pretty quickly here for you. Um, so, recapping the EO3, everyone on three, what's that going to look like? You can go to the next one. So we want to um, update our current kids space. So the focus, first of all, is on uh, creating a kids space. In our case, we're going to update what we currently have. It already started because some people have um, given us some financial gifts not attached necessarily to EO3 that's allowing us to do that. So we thought, well, let's, go, let's get that rolling, and that would be an awesome thing. But then the other thing is we want to make our property into a park, uh, a place for the community to come and hang out with their family, relax a little bit, get a little bit of exercise going on, um, and so we want to do that as well, put in a, a playground in the back. Uh, we also want to take some of those that money and research a potential building expansion, which I'll talk about in a few minutes. We want to hire a pastoral resident, so a guy who's got his bachelor's or his master's degree in, in Bible or theology getting into ministry. Uh, they'll hopefully be a part of our church then and um, help with the teaching and the training side of it, kind of like what we're doing with, with Logan uh, as a music resident. Um, and when, by the way, when we get a resident in here, they do a lot of, like, I got Logan do a lot of side stuff, you know, leadership type stuff, learning about leadership and that kind of stuff. So we get a pastoral resident, same thing. But then I just tell them, run the ministry. Do what God's called you to do. I'm always keeping my eye on them. Um, but we need to be able to expand our ability to reach people. So that's going to help us do that. Uh, and um, and then prepare for growth. So, I, again, I, I should I keep forgetting to ask the question of Kevin. But I think it's 5% of whatever God lays in our heart to give will go into a pool between the other three campuses, and that's going to be used to launch uh, another campus somewhere 
in, uh, in Northwest Ohio's different places that they're, they're looking at. Um, we'd also like to update our current building as we've got it. It's been, you know, it's five years old and it's getting used. And so there's spots that need to be taken care of. But we'll update the lobby, the info area, the cafe. We're not going to worry about room one because that's turned into Logan's office. Uh, so we'll let him do whatever he wants to do. Well, not whatever he wants to do. And uh, Room two, the quad, the restrooms. Uh, we want to get in here and do some updating in here. Uh, the platform, we're thinking of putting drums back up and extending this out so they're not all jammed up up here. we got text, sound, and video, things that we need to take care of because these things only have a certain amount of life to them. Uh, and then we want to add an additional parking, which we talked about, but we changed the location of it, so go ahead and throw that up. So we've moved it from the, from the east or west side to the north side and just basically taking what we currently have and doubling it. Uh, you go to the next slide. Because I, I just I want to kind of cast a vision for you guys. Now, we're not going to build in the next three years, necessarily. Now, I mean, if the Lord provides for that, then that's maybe something we should definitely consider. We're going to research it, and that costs some money, getting plans and that kind of stuff. But I want to cast a vision. Um, we, Jesus said, I will build my church. Now, when he says he built his church, he's not saying, I'm going to take some concrete and mortar, or I'm going to build a building. When he says, I'm going to build my church, he's talking about people who are going to give their lives to him, the people who uh, are going to ask him to forgive them of their sins, and they're going to enter into a relationship with him, and that's his church. That's the body of Christ. Okay, And so he says, hey, I'm going to build my church. So I, I just wanted to say a quick, this got a little bit longer in the first service, so I'm going to try to keep it quick. I don't think this is the case with anybody in our church. I have heard this statement, and I appreciate the sentiment, and that is, man, I love our church. I love our small church. It feels so close. Love that. Awesome. Great. If you feel that way, keep feeling that way. But also understand that Jesus said, I will build my church. All right? And so Jesus didn't say, I want, I'm going to build my church and it's not going to grow with people. Okay? It's, it's, if we're doing what God calls us to do, and he wants us to grow, which I believe he will, we're going to grow. We're going to have more people in our church family. We've, we've already grown quite a bit. So to those who are maybe a little bit nervous about that, or if someone's listening to it on a podcast and they're a little bit nervous about that, let me just, let me just challenge you with something. People typically uh, get concerned about growth because what happens sometimes in larger churches is that they feel disconnected. First of all, if you're a follower of Christ, you should never feel disconnected in the church. You have a responsibility to connect in yourself. You are a child of God. You are part of the church. You need to go find that place. But other than that, do you know how we stay connected? Do you know how we as a church, as we grow numerically, stay connected to each other? By every one of you staying connected with everybody else. That's how it happens. We were talking about this in the grow class yesterday. <clears throat> people who are concerned about clicks, people who are concerned about maybe not fitting in somewhere, people who are concerned about those things, they are then the, the ones who are the most, uh, it's most necessary for them to be reaching out because that's, that's their concern. That's awesome. That's a great concern to have in a church. And if we're all doing that, if we all come on Sunday, here's what normally happens on a Sunday. We come on Sunday, we find the people that we're used to connecting with, that we feel most comfortable with, and then we kind of stay there and talk. But if we... If we, as a church, we understand, okay, there's going to be people coming to our church who are first-time attenders. Some know the Lord, some don't know the Lord. And we go, okay, I can get with those people all week long. So I'm going to focus in on, or I'm going to have them help me focus in on, hey, is there any first-time attenders? Are there any people who have been recently attending that I don't know? And then we connect with them. Now those people feel connected, and we feel connected, because now we're knowing the people. We're not going, I'll ask somebody, hey, did you meet so-and-so? No. Yeah, they've been attending for about a month. Oh, really? I I haven't, you know, man, we, we need to be doing that, all right? So just saying, as we're moving forward, we as a church are going to grow, Lord willing. I'm going to do everything I can do as a pastor to make that happen, to help that happen, to help you guys make that happen. And I get told the 9 o'clock service, 
if this church ever becomes some a church that doesn't want to do that, then I'm I'm going to go find another church that wants to do it. Okay. Now the elders are all in on this. You know, the pastors and staff of the other campuses were all in on this, so they're not going to, you know, get rid of me. So sorry, I'm not going anywhere. Okay. So you're going to have to make the choice whether you want to or not. Anyways, so just just so you guys know our heart here, and we had a couple who's been attending the last two weeks, and I said to the guy this morning, I said, well, you picked a great time to show up at a church. We're talking about money. And he's like, no, this is exciting. <laughs> All right, this is cool. Anyways, um, so yeah, so casting division, where am I going? Um, so we're looking at and, and praying about and getting some initial drawings on a potential for like a 450 to 550 seat auditorium off the east side of the quad. What that allows us to do, and even maybe before this, before the building even, we can turn our quad into the lobby. Our lobby is getting a little bit jammed up, especially when the pastor goes long. Um, it gets kind of jammed up. <laughs> wow. Um, and so we're thinking about, even now, we could possibly do this and still use the, the quad for Bible studies and for events and that kind of stuff. Uh, if you've ever been down to Fremont, their campus, they've got a pretty big lobby, which isn't big enough for them now, but... Um, and they got a little coffee area, and there's a little waterfall. Well, that area actually gets used quite a bit for events and smaller gatherings and that kind of thing. <clears throat> so we could do the same thing. In here, we would come this way with a couple rooms and offices, and we can do all sorts of different things because we've got a vaulted ceiling in here, so we can make it any design we want. But towards the front here, this would turn into like a children's and youth auditorium place where they could hang out and have a little bit more room to maneuver and that kind of stuff. <clears throat> this is not part of the EO3 other than the researching of it. But this is a vision for what could happen, Lord willing, because we're already kind of getting jammed up space-wise, especially on Thursday nights. And, um, but depending on what God wants to do in and through our hearts, this could become a potential. Um, so what we're doing here is we're not going to, as we present this, we're not, if you notice, we're not presenting a, a price tag. Um, if you're interested, not necessarily, well, I can give you this one too. It's, Again, it's rough, rough estimate. Um, but if you want to know what kind of the general cost is, feel free to ask me. You know, I, it's in my head. I can give it to you. But we're doing a kind of a project-focused capital campaign. And what do we mean by that is we're going to focus on the projects. We've got to prioritize, starting with the children's ministry in the park. Um, and as, as the Lord provides, we're going to do it. And if, if the Lord chooses to not provide through our church family, then we don't do whatever it is that's on the list next until that money may or may not come in. It's kind of a way of determining, okay, what's God's will? <laughs> uh, he'll provide for what our need is. And so that's kind of how we're working, uh, working this. I also want to say, uh, so let's just move to the commitment cards because i got to move forward on this. I get, get too into the details. So I want to cover the commitment cards. I just want to say a couple of things before we do this. Number one, I will not see these. All right, Logan will not see these. None of us will see these. We've got a couple people on our church, on our leadership team. They'll be collecting these next week. Uh, we'll do it in the service right before uh, the message or during the message. And we'll pass the thing, we'll throw them in there. They'll take it and they'll go put it in an envelope that'll end up down in, in Fremont. So we won't see it. I don't see it. I don't, I can know, I can find out who gives and who doesn't give. I don't find out how much people give. All right, so just people understand that. Some people think, ah, church is all about money. Uh, the pastor wants a new car. Not in this church. I mean, you know, I mean, I'd like to have a new car. I mean, if somebody wants to give me one, it's fine. No, not, not the way we operate. We need money. We got lights. We got heat, right? Anybody want to sit in this room without the heat on? No. We, so we need money. You guys get money <laughs> to spend things and make sure you have them. Well, the church needs money to have heat and air conditioning, all that kind of stuff. But this isn't about getting more stuff as pastors or church, you know, that kind of thing. Anyways, uh, Kim and I have already made our decision. We've, we've, got, we've made a commitment based on what we've been, I've been teaching and studying from Scripture. And we've got an inheritance. Her dad passed away. My dad passed away. We've got some inheritance. And we're actually giving off of that. I'm only saying that to let people who may think, ah, oh, the pastor's all about money. No, we're in on this. We're, we're 100% behind what our church I had plans for that inheritance, <laughs> you know. <laughs> believe me, you know. Um, no, and so we're we're excited to be able to do that, and 
Uh, we believe we're operating the way God wants us to do. So, yes, we, there is money involved, but this money is going to go towards what we can do to impact people for Christ, and that's a good thing. I'm not going to be ashamed about that. So, real quick, I just picked a $60 one because it's center. Next week, so this week, be praying about it. Okay, God, what do you want us to give? Um, and then next week, come prepared. You, you can write it up beforehand, or you can write it during the service. But if you want to give sixty, if you want to give weekly, let's say you just choose to give sixty. I'm not saying you have to; it's just one of the options. You don't have to give a round number. You can give sixty-two point five. You know, whatever. Um, but if it's sixty dollars over 156 weeks, which is three years, it'll be ninety-three sixty. So then you put your commitment in there. And then next month or next week, we want to do kind of a here's my card and here's my gift to kind of get the ball rolling. So whatever you want to throw in there for that, I did it easy for me to do math because I'm not that intelligent. So it's 93.60 plus 100 is 5,500. No, 94.60. If you want to do it monthly, this is how it works. You would give 260 a month for 36 months, which is three years I found out. It's 93.60, and then the $100 is 94.60. If you want to give yearly, then you just have to X out all that and say yearly, and whatever that number is, 3120 over three years is 9360. That makes sense? So that's what's going to happen next week. So come prepared to do that. Should the Lord lead you uh, in that way to give? Um, again, this is over and, ag- over and above giving. So continue to give faithfully as you guys so graciously and, and faithfully do uh, into our regular uh, budget, the general fund, whatever you want to call it. And because uh, God, again, God just continues to bless through our church family. It's been awesome. If um, The next one then. So we have 54 member units. <clears throat> what that means is if you're an individual, you're a unit. And if you're a member who's an individual, you are a unit. If you're a couple who are members, you're a unit. All right, so we have 54 member units. If all 54 member units chose to give $60 a week for three years, we would have $505,440 towards this project. That's twice as much as the EO3 estimate is at this point. You know, so just that. So again, you may say, well, I can't give 60. That's fine. You give, we'll find out from God's word. You give as God directs. You take a step of faith and give as God directs. Some of you will be able to give more than 60. Some people will be give, won't be able to give as much. And that's fine. Because remember we talked about, it. it's about the heart. Right? God wants us to give based out of faith in him and then through uh, to do so sacrificially. So it's a step of faith. It's a little bit more maybe than you first thought. And then to do so um, eagerly and see what he's going to do in and through that, which we're going to talk about this morning. All right? so, let's, uh, so last week we, started to, we talked about this um, uh, gospel-motivated giving and what that looks like. And today we want to talk about the impact of that. So last week we had this truth for life that we pulled from 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 5. And living out our salvation means we will give sacrificially eagerly to the work of Christ through our church family. So followers of Christ, that's what we do. That's who we are. That's what God's called us to do, and that's what we're supposed to do. And so today what we want to do is look at Paul's challenge to the Corinthian church. So he uses the Macedonian believers who are dirt poor and that they gave, again, probably not a massive amount, but they gave out of their heart and desire. And that's what they were, that's Paul's point. And so now he's got a challenge to the, first, uh, the Corinthian believers and to us, as well as God's command, what should we do? How do we give? And then God's promise, which is really awesome. So let's jump into this challenge real quick. So based on all that we talked about last week, he says, so we urged Titus that as he had previously made a beginning, so Titus had been there about a year ago, serving, teaching, getting them ready, and at that point, they made a decision, we want to give financially to the church in Jerusalem, those Christians who are hurting. So we urged Titus that as he had previously made a beginning, so he would also complete in you this gracious work, the sacrificial and eager giving as well. But just as you abound or you excel, Paul's always talking about this excelling. You've got to constantly keep moving in our faith, right? Growing spiritually. As you excel in everything, all areas of serving, in faith and utterance, which is, is speaking God's word, and knowledge and in all earnestness and in the love we inspired in you, see that you abound in this gracious work also. I'm not speaking this as a command, though he could, but he's not choosing to, but as proving through the, and this is a key verse, by the way, proving as 
uh, proving through the earnestness of others, the sincerity. So he's talking about the Macedonians, and he's using it to motivate the Corinthians to show their sincerity of your love also. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. I give my opinion in this matter, for this is to your advantage, who were the first to begin a year ago, not only to do this, but also to desire to do it. But now, finish doing it also, so that just as there was the readiness to desire it, so there may be also the completion of it by your ability. For if the readiness is present, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. For this is not for the ease of others and for your affliction, but by way of equality, equal sacrifice. At this present time, your abundance being a supply for their need, so that their abundance also may become a supply for your need, that there may be equality. As it is written, he who gathered much did not have too much, and he who gathered little had no lack. In other words, God's going to provide what people need. And so Paul's challenge here to the the Corinthians who a year prior had said, hey, let's go ahead. We need to get together, pool our finances, and send it to Jerusalem for the Jerusalem Christians. That was their project. Ours is a little bit different, but it still impacts people spiritually. Let's do that. The Macedonians, we find out from chapter 9, that the Macedonians go, oh, the Corinthians are giving. I don't know if there's a big competition. I don't know what's going on, but they're like, hey, the Corinthians are giving. We better give too. So they got together. They not only had the idea of giving, but they actually gave, and then we're going to present it. But the Corinthians who said, hey, let's give, they're like, a year later, nothing's happening. That little project pool there, that little bucket, didn't have any money in it. And Paul's like, hey... You guys are the ones who actually motivated the Macedonians to do what God called them to do. You guys got to get on the stick. You got to be people of your word. This this whole section is wrapped around verse 8 where Paul talks about sincerity. Sincerity, that word in the Greek means to be of good character, to be genuine. Or in our terminology, be people of your word. You said you're going to do something, then do something. So this is a challenge to us as we just step into this. That we, whatever it is that God's, we feel God's calling us to give, that we would give it. That we'd be people of our word. That we would follow through on that. He says to excel in this. See, a lot of people, what happens is, people may feel comfortable to excel in serving, and, but then they're like, well, I'm serving, so I don't need to give. Because I'm giving my time. Well, there's a difference there. Or some people say, well, I'm giving, so I don't need to serve. No, in the church, in, in Christ's body... The way God operates is you do both. You serve and you give. He gives he gives you spiritual gifts to serve and he gives you the financial ability to give. Remember last week everything we have is God's. He's just giving it to us to manage. He wants us to manage it well. Manage the way he says to do it. He says it's an opportunity for you to imitate Jesus. Jesus kept his word. He says I'm going to go to earth I'm going to become dirt poor. I'm giving up heaven, all that I have, and I'm coming to earth as a, as a man, still retaining his deity, but he, he becomes man. He's dirt poor, so he connects with the Macedonians very well, and then he goes to the cross. So he gives up everything in order for us to have the spiritual life that he offers us, to have our sins forgiven, to make us spiritually wealthy, So the the idea there is Paul saying, look at the commitment Jesus made. Now you make the same commitment in your life. Imitate Jesus. Be responsible. Don't, he says, to to give as the Lord gives, not as, or give as you have, not as you don't have. What he's saying is, you know, sacrificial giving is is being responsible. It's it's giving from what you have. So don't put your family in, in financial jeopardy to make this happen. Don't run up the credit cards using that as your offering. No, you just, God's given you something. Maybe you need to give up some things. I don't know. But God's giving you something. And so from what he's given you, take a little step of faith and give back to him a little bit of what he's given you. And I say a step of faith because he says to be sacrificial about it. So you're like, well, let's see, I could probably give this much. And I think what he's saying there, just a little bit more. You know, just put a little bit more faith into that. Kim and I, like I said, we're discussing this week just how we're going to, to be doing that. And once she picked herself off the floor, I think she was in agreement with me. No, 
<laughs> and then he says to do it with equality. What he's saying there, it's not communism. What he's talking about here is the fact that God gives to the Corinthian believers more than what the Jewish believers had in Jerusalem. The reason for that is so that they would have the, the uh, privilege and the opportunity and the experience of giving away like Jesus Christ did to those who were in need and to see the spiritual impact of that. And he said, by the way, there may be a time, Corinthian believers, where you're going to be persecuted and where you're not going to be able to have a whole lot. And in Jerusalem, Christians might be able to give it back to you. Why? It's all God's anyways. And so we need to be doing that. Now, a real quick challenge. Um, where does the time go? Um, if you're a regular attender here this morning, we got 65% of the people who attend our church are regular attenders. They haven't become members, and that's fine. Don't feel bad about that at all, okay? We, we, you know, you're as much of a part of our family as, as members are. There's, but we have 65%, and we just, and so I want to thank you all for being a part of our church family. We just love having you guys part of our church family. And uh, some of you also give, so a double thank you. Um, and I appreciate you doing that. And I just challenge you to continue to seek God as to what it is he wants you to give uh, through this. I want to talk to the members real quick. 35% of our church are members. Members are people who, amongst other things, have voluntarily committed, gave their word to regularly attend our church, be a part of our church family, connecting with our church family, to faithfully serve in our church family, and to sacrificially eagerly give. That's the wording I use. And so people who say, yeah, I want to be a part of that, they have made a verbal commitment, a voluntary verbal commitment. We don't chase them down. <laughs> I don't get a report and make phone calls. But that's what a person who is a member of our church has voluntarily committed to. So I just want to challenge our members at this point. We have members who are not regularly attending our church. So they're, hopefully they're listening to the podcast. Because... Um, you guys are here. We have, but they're not attending. Here's the danger of that. I get it. Life's stressful. I get it. We have jobs. I get there's a lot of reasons why we can't be here. But here's the danger of not connecting with the church family that God has given you. We are the body of Christ. Take my arm off. Put it in that corner. What will happen to that arm? It will die. What will happen to my body? I'll walk around without an arm. I'm still alive. That's the danger. There's a reason why we're called the body of Christ. If you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you say, you're my Savior, you're my Lord, I'm part of your body, then you need to be with his body regularly, connecting in, because in that is spiritual growth. In that is spiritual encouragement. We have people who are, are so fearful still of COVID, are so fearful of that or other issues that they're not stress and fear will isolate people. It tempts us to, I don't want to go out. I don't want to be a part of the other. I, 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 me, me, me. Stop it. Jesus says, be part of my family. Don't believe the lies of isolation. You will die. If you're a member, you have made a commitment to that. And Kim and I had both had our fathers pass away. You know what got us through? Our faith in Christ, our immediate family, and our church family. Don't believe the lies. I'm not asking you to do this for me. I'm asking you to do this for yourself. We have some who are not serving. We have 41 of our 54 member units who gave in the last six months. Again, I know who gives. I don't know how much people give. I ran that report just to see. Why isn't that 100%? Why isn't that 54 to 54? And the only reason I'm saying this is because the person has given their word to do that. So I'm just... Sometimes read the Bible, and sometimes a pastor as the shepherd needs to use his hook. And I guess maybe I'm using my hook today. And again, my only concern is not for me, because God's going to provide. My concern is for you, for spiritually speaking. 
So as, as Christians, all of us should be giving to what God's doing. As, a, as members who have voluntarily made this commitment, be sincere. Keep your word. Follow through on those things. All right, God's command says this. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart. So there's your command. Give as you've purposed in your heart before God, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Small investment or small commitment equals small result. This is what God's saying. Small or large or big commitment equals big impact. Everything we have in our church building is because some people in Fremont years ago said, hey, we want to sacrificially eagerly give to a campus launch in Tiffin. And so Tiffin got rolling. The, the, the whole financial side of things got rolling to get Tiffin going, get Tiffin going. And 14 crazy people from Northwood said, hey, we need help. We don't want to die. We want to be a church that's going to reach people for Christ and help them grow in their faith. And so Fremont's like, we could be a part of that. So they take on those 14 people as a campus. And then they come in with people, including me and Kim, and and that's me, my family, and there's a bunch of things happen. But anyways, we all came up here and put in the lights, put in the painting, taking care of things, fixing things, all that kind of stuff. That money was supposed to go to Tiffin. But they redirected it at that time to get this baby going. And then a little while into that, or a year or two into that, I can't remember when we switched out to... I, I was in Kevin, Kevin's office, and Kevin was like, Here, what can we do to help you guys continue to grow? Any, any needs you guys got? Any needs? I said, well, you know, we still have the green carpeting and pews. And he's like, and when I say green, it was green, if you don't remember. It was green. And uh, so he's like, you know, think 70s green, um, 80s green. But anyways... So I said, well, you know, we still have the carpeting in the pews. What? We didn't get rid of those? No. <laughs> well, we got to get rid of those. How much is it going to cost? And so I already had what the cost of the carpeting was. I didn't know what chairs would cost. And so he calls Pastor Tim in. Tim knows what the chairs are. He goes, so we need this, this amount of money, and I can't remember what it was. And I'm like, evidently, we do. That afternoon, he calls me back, and he says, hey, get going on the carpeting, and we're ordering the chairs. How many do you need? So let's, we'll take 200. Because <laughs> you can always do a couple services, you know. Boom. Because people in Fremont said, hey, we want to reach people up in, near Toledo, and we're going to take some of that money from Tiffin, and we're going to do this. You know what? It didn't stop Tiffin's launch at all. Because God provided for Tiffin. Big impact. Big investment. We have empty chairs. We, we have empty chairs. That way you can space yourselves out and not get too close to people. And we have them so that you guys will stay further back from me. So we got to make sure we have empty chairs. <laughs> no, we have empty chairs because there's nobody sitting in them. We didn't buy these chairs to keep them empty. We sacrificed people in Fremont and even Tiffin before they even know it, knew it. They were sacrificing so that people would sit in these seats your friends, my friends, our neighbors. I think all my coworkers are saved. So, your coworkers. <laughs> no, I'm, po- I'm positive, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm positive. Our coworker, my coworker, is saved. That's why we. That's why we have the seats. So it's time to, let's get this going. Let's see people come to Christ. Let's fill these seats. We can go to another service. We can change it up, maybe do a Saturday night service. Then I'll drag in on Sunday morning. Anyways, ice please. (laughs) Um, Anyways. So give cheerfully what you've committed to God. Don't be frustrated by having to do it. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks. Don't wonder what Pastor Harold thinks. Don't look around going, boy, so and so is going to think I'm really good giving this much, or I hope they don't think I'm stingy. Don't worry about it. You and God have a conversation. Take a step of faith. And here's the awesome part God's promise. I mean, look at these words. 
And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always, having all sufficiency in everything. In other words, you're going to have everything you need. This is over and above the gift that you've given. God said, hey, you do this, I'm, I'm going to make sure you have everything you need. Not everything you want, everything you need. You may have an abundance for every good deed. So it's not just the giving, but it's the good deeds associated with that and all the other things you want to do for the sake of Christ. <clears throat> if you're able to give back to God the money he's given you, you're able to give, you'll be more able to give other areas of life back to him. That's, how hard, that's why Jesus talks more about money than any other subject when he's on the earth. Because, man, we grab hold of that money. You know, We trust money rather than God. <clears throat> as it is, as is written, he scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing. He's, he's not just going to supply what you've asked. He's going to multiply that. The results are going to be over and above what you might think even. And increase the harvest of your righteousness. Again, big impact. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality. Again, that word means that the ability to give generously. Which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. So it's going to impact others. For the minister of this service is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing through many thanksgivings to God. Because of the proof given by this ministry, they, those impacted, those who are going to place their faith in Christ, those Christians who are discouraged, who are going to get revitalized in the Christian faith, will glorify God for your obedience to your confession of the gospel of Christ. That's just a long way of saying your salvation. Because we're going to live out our salvation by giving back to God a portion of what, we've, what he's given us in order for people to come to Christ because we're living out our salvation, because that's what Christians do, people are going to glorify God and for the liberality of your contribution to them and to all. While they also, by prayer on your behalf, yearn for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. God will provide for your commitment and everything else you need. Most importantly, your spiritual growth. This is going to be a step of spiritual growth for all of us. God will provide the amount he wants you to give as you spend time with him. He'll provide the money to give, and he's going to provide the impact from your giving. God's going to do all of that, which is going to be awesome. All those connected with this project will give thanks to God for our faithful commitment. Like I said, those impacted through salvation and spiritual growth will glorify God. We're going to grow spiritually. We're going to be glorifying God. And those impacted through salvation and spiritual growth will be spiritually connected to us. Yearn to be with us. They'll, they'll just understand that this is the culture of this church. This is what we do here. This is what Christians do. They may go to another church and they'll be like, wait, they're not doing what Grace Point does. Why? Well, we're just trying to do what God's calling us to do. And so there's going to be this, this, um, this unity, this oneness, this closeness, this intimacy based on God's Spirit in our lives and through what we're doing together. If you're a person who says, man, I'm just so lonely, pour yourself into people. Pour yourself into our church family. You will no longer, you maybe wish that you were lonely again. You know what I'm talking about, Stan? You know? <laughs> I love Stan. You guys got to get to know Stan and Becky. Spend, take them out for dinner. They take enough people out for dinner. Take them out for dinner. Hear their story. God's doing some awesome things in and through them. Um, yeah, we give Stan a hard time, but we love him. Because of God's surpassing grace. That word surpassing means to be dumped on. God is just wanting to dump his grace on every one of us. And we walk out of here completely soaked in his grace so that when we get out into the world, we get out to those who need Christ. We share who Christ is. As people come onto our property and use the park, choose at some point, maybe in the future, to come be a part of our church family, come into our building and see, man, this building is, wow, it just meets our needs and it's kind of cool. They care about this place. They don't let this place get run down. 
And then they give their lives to Christ and then they start growing in their faith. It's just dumping God's grace. And then we go, man, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Man, you're so awesome. I can't believe you're doing all this. Lord, look what you're doing in people's lives. There are stories yet to tell of people in our church family right here, right now, sitting in this room. That one day, Lord willing, they'll be courageous like the other ones when I ask them that they'll come up and share their story. And they'll be like, I, I can't even, I can't even tell you. And just get, just talk to Stan and Becky after the service. And there's other people too, but I know Stan and Becky will take it without me asking permission <laughs> to do that to them. It's awesome. It'll just take your Christianity and your faith and you will just, you will just, uh, you won't help but be able to grow. It's just, it's exactly what God wants to be happening in our lives. Well, as the band comes up, you know, actually, I'd love to, I, I'm really long. So I'm so sorry. Here, let's do this. You guys get up here and then I'll dismiss them. You play as they're dismissed. How's that? Okay, so get up here. So here's the takeaways. <laughs> Why are you taking so long? I'm so, I, I know some of you guys say, Harold's okay if you go long, but I've, I've beat you guys up the last couple of weeks by going long. So here's just prayerfully consider what God would have you give. If you've never given before, may, you know, take this as an opportunity to obey what God calls you to do as a Christian and trust him and give whatever it is, is that God's called you to give. And again, it could be five, 10 bucks, I, you know, whatever the Lord wants you to give. And then everyone should take a step. If you're a follower of Christ, whether you remember or not, you're a follower of Christ, God says, Christians, give back a portion of what I've given you. And then lastly, Get your kids involved. If you have kids, take this as a time as your family to get together. Make this happen together as a family. Teach your kids about what God says about giving and then what God says about meeting his promises. Let them see God work in and through you. Let's go ahead and stand. And as you dismiss, the band's going to play us out with an awesome song. You can stay if you want, or you can leave if you want. You know. <laughs> Stop. The dark try to hide you and steal you away. Death try to keep you inside of the grave. The enemy caught you, he tried but he lost. 